I really interested in your journey because nowadays, and based on my exploration, one of the best data science, artificial intelligence, and everything related to security is ever uh, go to the, from Israel or sometimes from uh, Eastern Europe. Um, how is happening to you in terms of uh, interest to data security? Maybe in terms of your education, previous ventures, and startups. Oh, so very good question. So um, I'd add uh, cybersecurity as well, but yes, uh, it is true that Israel is called, uh, you know, the startup nation, uh, thanks to the wonderful innovation that is happening here. Uh, by the way, I don't know if, if you are familiar, but Israel has the highest percentage of startups per capita in the world. Uh, so basically, we're a really small country and uh, everyone trying to uh, open startups. Uh, but in terms of my journey and, and the company, so uh, we are three co-founders that knows each other for years, um, coming from a cybersecurity offensive background in the 8200 unit in the army. Have you heard about that? Yes. That unit? So I'll, I'll share a few words about that as well, and, uh, but also consumer gaming and venture capital. Uh, and personally, I started my career uh, writing code and X stuff since I was really young, like eight years old. Um, and this is what got me eventually to the 8200 unit in the army, which is the cybersecurity offensive unit of, of the Israeli army. Uh, and I did a six years army service, yeah, really long time. Um, I released as an officer, as a captain, uh, dealing with a lot of engineering around cybersecurity offensive. Um, and after the army, I decided to uh, keep doing engineering uh, roles in various positions, but after 10 years, I decided to change my career to the business side uh, because I was really intrigued about everything that is happening in Israel in terms of uh, all the businesses that you mentioned, AI and big data and uh, uh, et cetera. And I joined the venture capital community in Israel. Um, so I was working for two US corporates, uh, big ones. So the first one is Nielsen, the market research company, um, and then Verizon Ventures, the telco in the US. Um, so basically I was investing in early stage and later stage startups in Israel. Uh, and I had the opportunity to invest in 20 companies uh, during that career. And this is what opened my head to many different uh, areas uh, of startups and technologies, um, etc. And this is how we got to think about mine eventually. Okay, you mentioned uh, an extensive background, but uh, since we are tackling so sensitive things like data ownership, it was completely about uh, your knowledge and background or your 
also faced uh, some cases in your personal life? Because, for instance, some people who uh, fight fake news, we always had some kind of a story like something happened with their ventures and their career or there's something in your life actually related to data ownership. So, yeah, definitely. I think that every good startup have to come from a personal pain, right? Yes. Um, so basically when the three of us got together, we quickly realized that the three of us understand personal data and how valuable and precious is it to each one of us because we dealt with that through our entire career, whether it's the cybersecurity offensive background or the gaming background. Um, and the flip side of it is that we know, truly know how our personal data can be exploited against us in many, in many different ways. It can be identity theft, reputation damage, financial loss, even manipulation in the case of uh, Cambridge and Facebook. Uh, have you seen the Netflix movie, The Great Hack, about, about that, uh, that scandal? Yes. So uh, that movie talks about data ownership, and basically this is what got privacy into the mainstream. So we knew that we have to solve something that re is related to, to personal data and to um, help as many people as we can to be safer online. And by the way, during the same time, we saw the GDPR, yes. uh, which, which basically uh, made in history because for the first time, it, gives, it gave consumers um, the rights to take ownership on their personal data. Um, and, uh, and basically forced companies on the other side to be accountable for our data, right? Uh, and, and the problem is that, you know, um, every day there's a new data breach and every day there's a new privacy scandal. And in the end of the day, we all are paying the price, right? Because our data is eventually gets stolen, leaked out, sold, and used against us in many different ways. Uh, so basically our pain was to uh, reduce our online exposure in the internet to avoid digital th uh, threats or digital risks. Uh, basically to leave our data only where we are still getting value from. Uh, and what we discovered is that most of the things that we're doing online uh, are a one-time off interactions. For example, Let's say you, you, you bought a flight ticket, right, with a low-cost airline um, that you don't have any mileage account in. So you purchase a ticket, you fly, you go back, and then you probably won't use that airline again, right? Uh, but the problem is that this airline keeps your identity information, like your passport, um, but also your financial information. And just to give you an example, just last week, EasyJet got breached. I don't know if you, yes. if you see that. So EasyJet got breached, right? Nine million people. Um, and, and actually what we did at mine, since we help, and, and I'll discuss that uh, later on, since we help people understand what companies hold their data and what does it mean for them in terms of their personal risk, uh, we also help them to delete the data. So in terms of the EasyJet example, we actually saved a thousand users because they, from that data breach, because they deleted their account with mine before the data breach happened. Basically, we told them, hey, you have an EasyJet account that you're not using anymore, delete it, you can still use it whenever you want and sign up again. 
And since they actually did that, we were able to save them from that data breach. Uh, there is a phrase that uh, sometimes men lie, sometimes women lie, only numbers never lie. Every startup always have some kind of a bold numbers that demonstrate the scope of a problem. Do you have some kind of a bold numbers you usually demonstrate for VCs, for your partners, maybe for audience, in order to demonstrate the scope of problem, like a potential, the scope of manipulation this data, or how much uh, data will actually give away some maybe great numbers? Definitely. Uh, this is our power, by the way. We have a lot of insights on that market uh, because we are one of the few consumer companies currently that uh, have that mission. So uh, let me share this. So um, the average footprint, the average digital footprint uh, of any user consists of 350 companies that have our sensitive information. It can be identity information, financial, health, or personal information. So 350 companies, this is on average, our uh, top 15 15% uh, users have uh, more than 1,500. So it's, it's massive. And also this number keeps growing uh, by eight new companies a month. So basically, Every month we keep signing up to new services, we keep purchasing things online, we keep giving our personal information because this is life, right? So 350 companies for the average person are growing with, uh, by eight new companies a month. Uh, and by the way, so far in just four uh, months uh, since we la officially launched the product in Europe, uh, our users have already sent more than 300,000 right to be forgotten requests or, or deletion requests. So basically we made the GDPR a reality for a lot of people, which is um, a, a massive number. It's uh, like more than all the GDPR requests uh, that, that happened in the world in the last uh, two years. And we're trying to validate that number from the European Union. Um, but we Basically, uh, our users basically exercise their rights on a massive scale. Uh, and by the way, you asked about the lockdown. Uh, we also did a really nice research on how the corona, COVID-19, uh, affected our data exposure or digital footprint. Uh, and so we discovered the following. Since we were all locked up, right, uh, and forced to move our offline activity to, uh, uh, to online, uh, our data exposure actually increased by 55% on average uh, because we had to purchase uh, groceries online and products and everything. Um, so we actually measured that and we, we had a really nice research showing how the COVID actually increased our data exposure and actually um, like made, made us more exposed to digital uh, threats. Uh, and by the way, in terms of users, we have more than uh, 35,000 users in, in less than four months um, with almost zero marketing. Uh, so basically, users are sharing mine uh, word to mouth. Uh, so I guess we're doing something right in terms of uh, helping people use the Internet more freely, which is this is our mission. Um, 
I believe uh, that currently we face uh, another huge challenge related to the fact that currently more and more type of organization, institution and platform possess our information. Just pick, for instance, social robotics, then uh, we uh, implement robots at schools or some adaptive learning. We collect data <laughs> from uh, students or we use uh, more tools on the web. So, for instance, marketers use different types of tools and platforms. So we have a huge variety of places where we give away our information. Based on your exploration and experience, which type of uh, platforms, organization, it's a kind of the biggest challenge for us to uh, keep security. And maybe is a place where we give away a, 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 the biggest amount of information and is a more challenging place for your work. Um, what do you mean? You mean on the company side? Can you, can you explain? Yes. Like uh, what type of maybe co companies? Like uh, it's more about uh, companies which provide a service like tools or is more, is more about institutions or about services type of companies. So what type of organization is more challenging uh, for interaction is in this field? Um, so basically from the data side, uh, obviously, all the companies are collecting data, right? In, yes. in every in every sector. Now, uh, if I understood your question correctly, in terms of how they deal with privacy regulations, yes, how the company. Okay, so uh, it varies from every privacy regulation. Uh, so let's take the GDPR for example. So uh, it's mostly affect uh, EU citizens or companies that are doing business in in the European Union. Uh, so basically companies uh, have to comply with all the regulations and it's really complex for them. Uh, and, and we are two years after the GDPR and unfortunately a lot of companies did a really nice progress but a lot of companies are still uh, having some challenges uh, uh, compiling with the regulation. Uh, and I think that uh, the problem as we see it from the consumer side is that um, the consumers don't really understand the GDPR. Uh, and if you think about it, you as a citizen, you don't need to understand the GDPR. It's, it's, uh, uh, it's a regulation, right? Uh, you just want to delete your data. Uh, but the companies, when you send an email to the companies, for example, to delete your data, the companies then start to ask you a lot of questions to verify your identity, to validate your request, that in most cases the users don't really know. Uh, so a lot of, so companies are moving a lot of the burden uh, to the user, uh, and, a lo and, and as we see it, a lot of users don't really understand uh, what the company needs in order to comply with those requests. So uh, what we're doing at the company, we are also helping companies uh, as well as consumers. So basically we are working with companies to provide them uh, what we call a, uh, one standard in, in terms of the, the privacy requests so they can get all the information they need from the user uh, in terms of the privacy requests so they can automate and comply with the request much faster. So basically without the ping pong the company is doing with the user. So uh, although we are here as a company to help users, consumers, to take ownership on, of their personal data, we also help companies 
uh, in the same manner. So we want to we want to create an ecosystem where we help consumers and companies work together in terms of their privacy regulations, in terms of their privacy requests. It's important that you mention that you actually try to create an ecosystem and uh, clarify the uh, the, uh, how actually with rules work both for uh, citizens and users and companies. Because, for instance, um, uh, before our talk, I tried to uh, research more about how mine is currently working. And, for instance, uh, some organizations or a representative from organization uh, wrote on the Reddit, like, we have received a request about a deletion of some information and we have no idea what happened and what we need to, uh, to do. So some of them actually even not aware of what kind of, how we should comply with the current rules. And there is definitely need, uh, we need some kind of education education uh, from both sides. Uh, have you faced uh, an issue uh, when you were, were not able to connect this particular company and they were not really friendly in terms of uh, uh, such type of uh, knowledge and they okay with the violation? So definitely, yes. Uh, I think that since the GDPR is, uh, and, and all the other privacy regulations that um, evolved since then, uh, they changed the narrative in the internet, right? So a lot of companies uh, still uh, uh, weren't prepared for those regulations. Uh, and to be honest, most of the companies didn't know what to expect, right? Because they have to deal with something new for them. So uh, when, when I told you that we work together with companies is after, we, after our users send a few thousands of, uh, of uh, requests, uh, we started getting um, um, uh, emails from companies uh, to mine, to our company, that basically uh, ask for help. So basically they wanted us to help them uh, navigate and understand and comply with those requests. Uh, what happened is that most of the companies prepared for the GDPR and, you know, acquired services from companies like uh, OneTrust and Big ID and all the big privacy providers. Uh, but they, but when the, the day came of the GDPR, uh, they started to get uh, the first requests and started to deal with that uh, process. Uh, so basically, a, a lot of companies came back to us that we will help them uh, provide all the information around the requests and uh, to help them validate and verify the requests. Uh, for example, today, every time you want to um, exercise your right to be forgotten through mine, we automatically send an email uh, from your inbox to the company. Uh, before we did that, we actually sent the email from mine to the company and put you as a user in CC. And then a lot of companies came and said uh, and, and uh, asked for us to send the email uh, directly from the user. So, uh, we, so that would help them in verifying the user because they need to see that the email is actually attached to the email address uh, that they keep in their uh, database. Um, so basically, we are keep working with companies, listening to them, and um, evolve our product in a way that would help companies as well. We want to help them reduce the time spent and labor spent on every request 
so they can operate much faster. Uh, nowadays, uh, we have many open source uh, projects that help to um, make uh, a process uh, of evangelism of particular ideas uh, quicker. Have you thought about some kind of uh, uh, data ownership uh, open project just in order to make this uh, evangelism uh, human rights on the web and how companies should act a bit more uh, transparent in a quick way like uh, how companies uh, should react on this request some kind of an open guide and knowledge side for both sides uh, users and companies so uh, yeah, we're thinking about that all the time. Uh, and we have something uh, under the radar that we are working on, and I can give you a teaser. Uh, we be we are basically going to, so behind the scene, what we're doing is that we are giving a score to companies on, on how the compliance process uh, uh, turned out, like from the, the first email that the user is sending, and we are uh, monitoring the, the entire process. Uh, so what we're going to uh, do in the future is to uh, make those insights available to everyone. So basically that every user in the internet, but also companies, would uh, know how companies are operating in terms of their compliance and privacy uh, uh, approach. So one of our technologies behind the scene is to, for example, analyze privacy policies of the companies. Uh, automatically. So this is how we know what data companies are collecting, what they're doing with the data, um, and, and since our users are sending the, the, uh, the request, we're actually able to monitor for them the process. Uh, so we're going to uh, make this data available uh, to everyone, and hopefully it would uh, educate a lot of users on how privacy compliance and privacy regulations and privacy policies are done right, uh, but also companies to, you know, to, uh, uh, to, uh, to improve and to be better. And, and this is why it's very much important for us uh, to work with the companies. Uh, although we are a consumer company and we are giving consumers the ability to take ownership of their personal data, we also really want to help companies and to create that bridge because in most cases, companies don't have any interaction with the user in terms of privacy uh, compliance. Um, you mentioned one important thing that GDPR uh, is a regulation. So in ideal world, it should work automatically. Like uh, if every uh, citizen and every company is uh, uh, aware of uh, this uh, regulation, we should align this regulation. So uh, ideal is completely up to regulation and policymakers. Have you ever reached by policymakers who explore there is a company who push someone to be aligned this policies did you try to check your work how exactly you provide this process yes definitely so uh we're in good relationship with uh privacy regulations uh sorry privacy associations uh worldwide uh the biggest one called um iapp uh which is the biggest privacy association uh, in the us uh but have a lot of ties in europe as well uh, and we are uh, very much engaged in all of their events uh, and webinars. Uh, even tomorrow, I'm going to speak in a, in a webinar that they are doing. Um, and basically, we are, um, 
it's uh, it's funny because uh, we as a company we take the regulation and we make it accessible to people. Um, so we basically take the hard work of all the policymakers that worked really hard in you know designing the GDPR and and uh, and, and all the and CCPA and LGPD in Brazil and it's spreading worldwide. So they work really hard. Um, but you know there is a phrase where um, you know. Um, uh, that privacy regulations are very hard and complex for the average person uh, and, and without the proper technology that would take those regulations and make it accessible to the average person and uh, no one would really use those regulations and and you know before we started the company we went all around Europe um, and, and stopped people on the street uh, and asked them whether they um, heard about the GDPR or whether they exercise any of their uh, rights and can you guess what was the what was the answer we have no idea about some details <laughs> yes exactly they they knew about the GDPR but they didn't know how to use it uh, and um, and and the problem is that it was too uh, hard and complex and not accessible for them. So what we did, we basically took all of those amazing regulations that the, the policymakers have worked really hard to legislate, and we we make it accessible to everyone without you as a user uh, needs to understand the bits and bytes of the regulation. We do it for you. So just to give an example, we let you exercise your, your uh, right to erasure, the right to be forgotten. So you as a user, you don't need to understand GDPR or CCPA or any other rights, right? You just want to delete your data. Um, so we will make sure it happens. We understand the privacy regulations um, and we're also working with, uh, with the companies and uh, we know how to make it done. Uh, so we will do it for you. So in terms of your question, I think that a lot of the privacy experts uh, and the policymakers that we had the opportunity to speak with, uh, all of them are, are very much happy because uh, they see that their policies, their uh, uh, privacy regulations are being used. Uh, so, so I think it's a, it's a good uh, situation for everyone. Uh, you mentioned that uh, we not only have a, a different policies on, on like the level of the US or Europe, but also difference on the local level, on the level of the particular uh, countries. How do you deal with the, the, the fact that we have a pretty different policies and laws in different countries? Maybe you have a, some team members, some kind of a, a chief local knowledge officer or someone who responsible for uh, constant research and be aligned with the local policies. So exactly this is what we're doing. So we have, uh, we are working with a few uh, local and international law firms that are highly, highly understanding the privacy regulations in every region and every country. And basically they help us. Uh, so every time we want to launch in a, in a different ge uh, geography and to incorporate the local uh, privacy regulation, we do have, um, we, we are doing a behind the scene research on how this privacy regulation works and what is the bits of bytes uh, within it so we can take those workflows and uh, integrate that within the product. Uh, so now, for example, we support the GDPR uh, in Europe 
uh, and CCPA in California, but we started working on three other regulations worldwide. So we are working on something that is called PIPEDA in Canada, uh, which also really mature privacy regulations similar to the GDPR. Uh, OAIC in Australia, which is also something really uh, popular, and uh, a new regulation from this year uh, called uh, called LGPD uh, from Brazil. Uh, so basically, yeah, every time we want to um, support a new privacy regulation, we do a research within those uh, geographies with the help of local law firms that highly understand privacy regulations and they help us to understand the laws and then design it and integrate that within our product. Another uh, thing I would love to ask you, currently uh, we have uh, many initiatives and actions uh, towards to how to make um, web more open, uh, protected, including, for instance, decentralization of uh, social networks, for instance, former um, um, workers from Twitter working on the planetary social, decentralized social network, there are startups working on uh, the centralized digital identity. Uh, do you consider them uh, more like a potential competitors, collaborators, part of your ecosystem? Have you ever thought about maybe some kind of coalition? Or it's enough maybe that you will just interact over some conferences? So how do you see this movement? So it's a very good question. We actually mapped the entire privacy um, landscape and obviously we saw uh, a major uh, sector of decentralized web. Um, if, personally, I think this is the way to solve the privacy problem from the ground up, but the problem with those solutions is that they would take a lot of time to uh, be used because they change everything from the bottom up, right? In order to create a decentralized internet or network, you need everyone to be, uh, uh, to be involved, right? both the companies and the users. Now, it will take a lot of time, probably 10 years, uh, because uh, we, you just need everyone to, to collaborate. Our recipe is that we give a solution today for the problem today. And our huge differentiation is that uh, we help you um, like uh, use the internet and to enjoy the internet without changing any habit. So you can keep doing whatever you're doing and enjoy the internet. We, we even say, uh, we have a joke in the company that you can go and have fun uh, and we will uh, clean after you or, or we will take care of you. Uh, and, and, and we're doing that uh, so you can enjoy the internet, sign up to new services, purchase things online, give your data to whoever you want. But we will be there to show you all the time what is happening with your data, uh, who owns it, and uh, what is the personal risk, the defect that those companies that have your data can cause you as an in individual uh, if, those, if this data get leaked out. Uh, and then, uh, this is where we make privacy regulations accessible, we give you the choice to stop that and to reclaim, as we call it, to delete your data whenever you choose. It's, uh, it, it's, your, it's your, uh, your decision. Uh, and so, so this is our recipe, uh, and, and, and by the way, we, it took us almost a year 
to develop a lot of uh, non-intrusive AI algorithms. Um, and uh, you know, there is a new buzzword called privacy by design, where basically you build systems from the ground up that are not dealing with personal and sensitive data. Uh, so it was very important for us to do the same uh, because um, uh, we haven't talked about our technology, but uh, we discovered the way that we build your digital footprint as a user is that we discovered that 90% of the companies that have your data uh, through previous relationships uh, left some trace in your email inbox. Uh, for example, every time you sign up to a new service, you get a welcome email. Uh, every time you purchase something online, you get an email, right? Your purchase, your order, your ticket. Uh, and every time your personal data or sensitive data is involved in those relationships, the companies leave some trace in your inbox. Uh, so what we developed, we developed a non-intrusive uh, NLP uh, and machine learning that uh, uh, help you find those traces within your inbox uh, only by looking at the email subjects. So we can basically classify the interaction that you had with the company only by processing your email subject and without reading the content of your emails. So in that sense, we don't have any access or we don't keep, um, we don't process and collect the content of your emails. So in that sense, we don't know you as a, uh, as an individual and we don't uh, know your personal data. Uh, the other technology that we developed, this is how we know what data you are giving to companies, is by analyzing privacy policies of the companies and basically understanding the data structure that they are collecting from their privacy policy. And this is how we match the data collection from the company side to what, to the interaction that we found in your inbox. Uh, usually, when we talk about, for instance, ad technologies, we, we always remind uh, Finland or Singapore like a role model of their education and educational technologies thrive, and we have a lot of great policies. In terms of uh, data privacy, uh, what kind of country can be some kind of a role model, or, may, or maybe you face less amount of a violation or more transparency, just clear message for both for companies and citizens? So I think they were uh, in the news, um, I think this week, so Canada, uh, that basically beat the COVID-19, right? Um, so basically Canada and their privacy regulation, PIPEDA, uh, and I must say that, uh, like to give a disclaimer, we haven't measured that uh, specifically um, uh, to, to the bigger picture, but it seems like Canada and their PIPEDA privacy regulations, um, it seems like it works really well because companies really understood that if they would respect there's uh, their users' privacy and there's user data, uh, they would gain, uh, they would able to retain a lot of users. Uh, so uh, we did a small research uh, in Canada and we basically, uh, we have a group of users, uh, of a few hundred users in Canada that we let, we let them activate their privacy regulation locally. Uh, and we were amazed to see how the companies are reacting to uh, this privacy regulation and uh, most of them, even if, even if they don't have to comply, they decided to comply 
because they understand it uh, in terms of trust and credibility, if they would show their users that they care about their, their privacy and not fighting the users, uh, they would then have uh, the chance to retain more users. Uh, so I think Canada is, uh, seems like a really good role model in that sense, but uh, another thing that we are doing, as I mentioned, is to create that compliance ranking uh, globally, and then we can be able to compare uh, different privacy regulations, different sectors, different geographies. So uh, it would be really interesting to uh, see that. I believe that um, on this stage of a startup is extremely crucial to be focused on one clear uh, feature and value. And what you do uh, is uh, providing a data ownership back. But in the long term perspective, just in the case of further, further venture funds, uh, do you see mine is more like a very specific tool or like a stack of tools focused on data privacy in a holistic way? So uh, this is a really good question. So our biggest um, vision uh, is to, uh, so we are a person, if you think about mine for the longer vision, we're a personal uh, data management company. Right. We we give our biggest mission is to is to um, be your data guardian angel and to help you uh, take care of your data in general. Uh, now uh, the mission is as we call it we call it dynamic consent, which is basically if you think about it the problem today is that companies are dictating the terms and we all have to click I agree all the time. Right. Uh, we don't have any any choice online. This is part of the problem. Now, as we see it, to create a future uh, or a product and, and to allow people to have dynamic consent means that we switch that equation where you as a user can define uh, your privacy policy or in other words, the data that you agree to share with companies and we will make sure it happens. So we will be there to remind you every time that you are done using, uh, when you are done using with data, or when the data put you at risk, or when the data you are not getting any value anymore. So we will do everything for you and uh, automatically notify you every time you need to get a decision. Uh, but the bigger, broad vision is to do that dynamic consent and to let you uh, define uh, your policies in terms of your data. Uh, but also to create that bridge into the companies and to, and to connect both together. The only reason we started with the right to be forgotten, it's only the first phase because we wanted to give our users uh, the most value um, at the beginning. And, and the value is, uh, in the beginning is to reduce your digital uh, footprint or your data exposure. Uh, but the, the bigger vision is not just try to be forgotten, it's to manage your entire data and to do, again, what we define it, uh, dynamic consent. 
You mentioned uh, one brilliant thing that uh, you would love uh, to change the narrative of the internet and uh, the way how you work is to providing um, secure using of the internet still having fun without any pro uh, problems and additional actions. Um, there is a huge movement in Chern which is called human-centric web is driven by MIT Media Lab, Stanford, AI Ethics and many organizations. Uh, for yourself, how would you define humanized web or or web that secure, fun, and uh, convenient for people in terms of how it should work? Maybe some kind of rules and main uh, values you use in your work. So I I think that it's a very philosoph uh, philosophy yes. question, right? So uh, let me share our thoughts. So. We believe that every uh, human being uh, should have the right to uh, privacy or to data ownership, to basically own their personal data. Uh, because uh, we believe that uh, each human being deserves to have a free choice online. Uh, and, and touching my previous point, the problem with the internet today is that we don't have any choice, right? Uh, we can't use online services today and say, hey, I want to use some uh, service, but I, I want to share, I don't want to share my location data or my health data, right? Uh, we have to give everything because, again, uh, the way the internet is built is that we are not, as users, we are not controlling, uh, we are not dictating the terms, the companies are. Uh, so I think it's all about accessibility understanding where is my data uh, and what companies are doing with my data, but also what are the risks or, the, or, or what does it mean for me uh, individually? Because privacy is a personal matter. What, uh, what is good for you as a user can be different for what good for me, right? Everyone has its own bound, uh, boundaries. So it's a really personal thing. Um, so it's all about accessibility and choice. So this is the, the, the two factors that we believe that we need to bring back to the internet um, and, and accessibility and choice about, uh, around our data. And uh, this is what, uh, and this is exactly our mission and what we're trying to do uh, within, uh, within mine. Uh, and my final question is very related to uh, previous one is about a uh, digital citizen. We had talks with Wikipedia, uh, uh, with people who worked on uh, social networks and people who for, for, who, for instance, teach kids how to define and detect uh, fake news. Uh, on the one hand, there is opinion that uh, currently we have a rise of what we know as a digital citizen, as a person who initially aware not only uh, some opportunities of the web, but also some kind of uh, uh, danger, dangerous sides like fake news. So sh uh, this person should be aware of some problems. Um, from your side, you present a bit different perspective that because you say that we're able to fix many things and ideally if regulation works correctly, if technology works correctly, uh, internet should be fun. So, um, in your opinion, digital citizen, uh, it's still about some kind of a basic awareness or ideally we should fix problems on the web? 
it's a good one. It's a good question. I listen. I think that. Uh, so you you asked me at the beginning how we got to this journey uh, and how we got to think about this idea. If I think about my parents, uh, and I love to hear your side of of what I'm going to say, my parents are afraid of using the internet. They are they are really afraid. They are, they don't know what they, they they don't understand it. And they are afraid of, you know, buying things online or to do things online or to give their personal data because they don't feel comfortable not knowing who is on the other side, right? Who would get the the, the data? Uh, what uh, what is going? Uh, what is he going to do with the data? Uh, and sadly enough, they are missing out all the um, what the internet has to offer. And, and I think that uh, over the last 10 years, the internet advanced so fast in terms of, you know, connected apps and, and uh, you know, many different sectors and smart home and smart cities and AI and soon autonomous navigation. And, you know, it's all about uh, trust and, and uh, trust the internet. And uh, all of those uh, technology enhancements and, and the digital transformation, it really helped us to do things quickly and more efficient. Uh, so I think that a lot of people, and this is also what we're trying to solve, a lot of people are afraid of using the internet. And, and by, 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 uh, by being so, they miss out a lot of what the internet has to offer. And I think it's, it's very sad that uh, we got to that uh, situation. Uh, and this is exactly uh, what part of what we are trying to solve is to, to, to give back the confidence to people. So, to, but so and, and we hear that from, uh, from our users, from the older generation that are using our uh, product. And by the way, we have a really nice uh, spread of of users. We have the Gen Z, uh, which are you know born with uh, an iPhone in their hands, you know, and everything is very connected, and they understand everything. To millennials and to Gen X, and and it's very nice to see uh, that all of them are writing to us and giving us feedback that um, uh, the, the 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 thing is that they used mine. And they can so, and they can see their digital footprint get uh, updated 24/7. Like the second they buy something online, they can see that at mine. And basically, when they get the package, they can delete their data. That that uh, thing uh, for itself, they told us that it elevated their confidence of uh, using the internet. And w when we hear that as founders and as a company, it's, it's amazing because I know that I can wake up every morning uh, and to know that I help people, that I help people use the internet for their own benefit, to be more efficient, to be more uh, fast on the internet, um, which is uh, really exciting for me. Gal, thank you so much for your time. It was an amazing talk and really wish you become a huge company and help us to protect our data privacy and data ownership. I will stay in touch with the, your next updates, including your next venture rounds and anything would happen around you. Stay safe, stay healthy and have a beautiful day.
Thank you very much for having me. And don't forget to go to uh, saymind.com uh, and start taking ownership of your personal data online. It's very easy. Uh, it's very simple. It's very empowering. Uh, and uh, I hope all your listeners would help us to make a true revolution in, you know, uh, bringing uh, the choice and freedom to the internet. So thank you for having me. Thank you so much. Bye-bye.